Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I did the video not too long ago about the woman in Ireland who had worked for Twitter. And uh, when Elon Musk took over, he sent out the email that said, uh, if you want to be involved with Twitter going forward, we're going to be doing some extreme hardcore stuff here. If you don't want to get involved, just uh, don't respond to this email and you'll be out. And the problem, of course, is the woman had a contract with Twitter. And so her contract specifically said the things she could be fired for and the things she could not be fired for. And so she said that when they were told her that, okay, you've quit now because you didn't respond to this email appropriately, uh, she said, no, I have a contract. My contract doesn't get overridden by an email from the new owner. And so a court had issued an injunction saying, well, Twitter can't fire you just yet. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And I said that that injunction got entered last week. And I said, we should have a ruling fairly quickly because that's what the judge said was going to happen. Well, we have one. So Gavin sent this to me and said, Steve, check this out. From the journal.ie, Twitter tells High Court it has restored the Dublin-based senior executive to her position. The executive said she was treated as a former employee for not replying to an email sent by Musk to all of the staff at Twitter worldwide. Twitter's told the High Court that it has restored Irish-based senior executive to her position with the company. Last week, the woman, who is Twitter's global vice president for public policy, secured a temporary High Court injunction preventing the social networking giant from terminating her employment. She claimed that by not responding to a generic and vague email sent to all of Twitter employees by its owner, multi-billionaire Elon Musk, earlier this month, she was treated as if she was no longer employed by the company. She said that she never resigned from her job, but had been locked out of the IT system and was unable to access the firm's office in Dublin. When the matter returned before the judge, um, Twitter said that the company was offering undertakings to restore her access to all aspects of the company's IT system and Twitter's Irish premises in Dublin. Counsel said that it was also Twitter's intention to turn the noise down to allow human resources with the organization to enter into negotiations with her aimed at resolving the dispute. So it's unclear if they plan on keeping her on or not, but the real point here is that she has a contract that the contract is enforceable. I had several people <laughs> say, Steve, you keep saying she has a contract. You don't say who it's with. Yeah, the contract's with Twitter. And I had a guy go, but we don't know that. Um, yeah, we do. And he said, well, what if it was with somebody else? Well, her contract with McDonald's would not hold up in a lawsuit with Twitter. Contract was with Twitter. I had somebody else say, well, Steve, the contract was with Twitter before it got sold, so obviously it's null and void. No, that's not how that works. So if you have a hard time understanding this, let me give you an example. Let's suppose that your favorite ball player, whether football or baseball, has a contract with the club you support. I'll give you an example. Let's suppose that you really, really like Oh, I don't know, Al Kaline, who used to play for the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> People right now are going, I've heard of the Tigers, but not Al Kaline. And uh, the Tigers owner decided to sell the club. So he sells the club to somebody else. Somebody else comes on there as the new owner of the Detroit Tigers. Does Al Kaline now get to renegotiate contracts with other clubs if he wants to? Are they all free to leave? Of course not. They've all got contracts with the club. The club got sold. 
This woman had a contract with Twitter. Twitter got sold. She's still got that contract. So just work with me on this. Counsel said that while his client was prepared to offer the undertakings, Twitter was also seeking to have the matter adjourned to allow their side to formally reply to the claims against it. So there's a couple things going on here. And they're saying that if this is going to litigate, we need more time to litigate, but we might be able to resolve it. And courts love it when you tell them that we might be able to resolve it without litigation. Trust me on that one. There's a lot of stuff going on here about the process of how courts work in Ireland. But um, it turns out that what was being said to the court on Twitter's behalf was welcomed by the woman. But she remains concerned about her employment status and if the undertakings would be fully complied with. She had been concerned about Twitter's initial response to her claims and counsel expressed a view that her application to have the temporary orders extended until a full hearing of the action be heard by the court. Noting the company's response, the judge told the court that he was not touchy-feely, nor was an HR manager, and is going to deal with the matter before him in accordance with the law. Well, <laughs> okay. He put in a timetable for the exchange of legal documents in the case and adjourned the case to a date later this month. So later this month, they will resolve this. The orders previously granted, along with the undertakings offered by Twitter to remain in place, uh, he directed. The judge also recommended that the sides enter into discussions in a forthright manner. Any failure to do so, the judge added, would see the parties back before the court in January, February, or March of next year. So he's hinting it might take a while. And you might not want that. Keep in mind that this is actually still a fairly simple case. But it's simple in the sense that it's all going to come down to the contract. The woman has a contract between her and Twitter. Now, it very well could be that with Elon Musk in charge, and they're doing all kinds of restructuring, it's unclear who inside Twitter will have the job of sitting down with that contract, looking at it and going, what can we do here? What can't we do here? And by the way, the contract probably does say they have the right to fire her if they pay her. And then it also probably says they can fire her for certain other reasons and not pay her. So someone's going to have to look at the situation, look at her, look at the contract, and then go, what do we as Twitter want to do here? And then I assume that because this is so high profile, they may have to go to Elon Musk and go, Mr. Musk, what do you want to do here? What, what, what does Twitter want to do uh, you know, at your direction? And so I'm sure he's going to say, well, what's the contract say? So it's going to boil down to that contract. Now, you should know once in a while, there are things that play into a contract that are not in the contract itself. So it very well could be that there are modifications to the contract later, or there might even be other things that play into it. Um, so you'd have to read the contract itself. I suspect it's not a short or simple document. <laughs> I suspect it's not concise. I've seen employment contracts for disc jockeys that are 15 pages long. 15 pages long. That's more than a disc jockey would say in a month on the radio, okay? In her action, the woman said that by not responding to an email sent by Musk to the company's employees, Twitter informed her that she had accepted an exit package. So they said, okay, we take this as you quitting. And she said, well, that's not how it works per my contract. Despite not resigning, she said she was then locked out of Twitter's office and its internal IT systems. Court heard that solicitors' letters on her behalf were sent to Twitter. She said that Twitter's lawyers acknowledged to her that she had no intention to resign. They, they understood that she was saying that. They confirmed that her commitment to her work had never been questioned, 
and then said her access to the IT systems would be restored. Uh, she claimed that she was concerned about her job because of the mixed messages she'd been getting from both Musk and his senior U.S.-based associates since the company has taken over. She says that despite the communication with the company, she remained locked out of both the IT systems and Twitter's Dublin office. She's also unable to attend a scheduled meeting at Dublin, and she's unable to access the building, which left her embarrassed, humiliated, and upset. She said that she's unable to work and expressed a fear that the company had resigned me, contrary to the terms of her employment contract. Musk, she claimed, has been running the company in an unorthodox manner and had been rehiring and firing with no apparent logic and said she did not trust the company. Arising out of this, she applied for and secured an interim court order preventing Twitter, international, unlimited company, from terminating her contract of employment. She has a contract of employment with Twitter. She does. The injunction, which was granted on an ex-party basis, also restrained Twitter from applying the terms of an email sent to her on November 16th last by Elon Musk to her contract. And so the ex-party notion uh, happens a lot with uh, temporary restraining orders. It's not uncommon that somebody is facing what they believe to be an emergency, and they can run to court, file an action without the other side being there, and ask for relief. But the relief, by nature, will be temporary, temporary restraining order. Quite often, a judge will say, based on what's in front of me, I'm going to grant this, but the other side's not here. So since the other side's not here, we're going to give them a hearing as fast as they want one. So take this TRO out, serve it on the other side, and then we're going to set a hearing pronto. So in this case, I believe the initial hearing was last week, ex-party, and it appears that Twitter's people appeared in court shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter. And I have actually filed an action before. It's very, very complicated. Someday I'll tell a story uh, where I got a TRO against somebody. Uh, I've done it more than once. And it involves so much work that it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. To, so <laughs> I get the willies just thinking about it. She further secured an order restraining Twitter from communicating to any third party or publishing any information to convey that her employment with the company has been in any way altered. So they can't tell people she was fired or that she quit or anything like that. But as of right now, the court has told the parties to sit down and try to figure this out. And it's basically going to boil down to, I would assume, someone in the legal department going, okay, let's get a copy of the contract, pull the contract out and go, okay, what's the contract say? How expensive will it be for us to fire her if, if that's what we want? And by the way, an attorney doesn't always go into something knowing what the end result is going to be because quite often the client doesn't know. So the client is going to sit down with their counsel and go, okay, explain to me the options. If we fire her, what will it cost us? Okay. If we keep her, what will happen? Okay. Um, If we keep her and she's not a team player, can we fire her? Or if we keep her and she's not a team player and we fire her, it's still going to cost us? And then the question is, okay, how badly do we want her to keep working for us? How good of an employee is she? And, and so there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of different ways of looking at this. And somebody upstairs might go, you know something? Rather than throwing all this money at it for legal fees, um, how much is it going to cost to fire her again? <laughs> it might be. You never know. You never know. So we've heard of stories before where corporations have, have cut people loose and it cost them a lot of money and they didn't care. And other examples where they cut someone loose and they thought about it in court and they wound up having to pay a lot of money and they did care. 
So someone's going to be asked, what are all the options and what are all those options going to cost us? And then it's going to be up to somebody who's going to say either it's dollars and cents or, eh, do what you got to do. So there you go. But as of right now, Twitter has told the court, the high court, that it has restored the senior executive to her position for the time being. And the parties are going to sit down and they're going to try to work this out. And the judge has said that he'll revisit it in December. But if things aren't really making progress, he might have them come back in January or February or March. And so he's obviously leaning on them to come up with some kind of settlement. So there you go. And Gavin, thanks for sending it. Questions or comments, put them below. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Whenever you've got a choice, do good. It isn't always fun or easy, but in the long run, it makes your life better.